following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the titillating, tenacious Tyler Dean. We're back. We're back. We're back. Holy crap, we're back. No, you you disappeared. We couldn't do anything. And oh, uh, I disappeared. Work. Uh, I, look, I've been going through a lot. Okay, I've been going through a lot, but but someone had an addition to the family, and I want to I want to. You know, I just want to go ahead and congratulate you on that uh, bouncing baby boy. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Little Tyler, you've grown up so fast. <laughs> you're a daddy now. Yeah, I know you're like 20 years older than me, so. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm an going, old on, man. going on 50? <laughs> I feel like it. Um, well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We, we took a hiatus. Tyler had a baby. I had a new job. Things kind of went crazy. It's a good time. No, I'm, I'm kind of glad I took the hate. It was a little grumpy anyway. Yeah, you're cranky. Cranky little bastard. I was grumpy ever yeah. since uh, the wild card round playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> your poor Ravens. It's all right. I, I was I was happy that my boys made it as far as they did. That's that's all that mattered to me. First round, right? Uh, I mean, it's the divisional. I think they... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Ravens hit the bye. So, yeah, your divisional yeah. round. We, um, because we both lost the same day. Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> Um, the the loss to the Niners hurt, but it felt really good to destroy the Saints again. Um, that that was a warm fuzzy moment. How many times we got to teach you guys a lesson? <laughs> it's just gonna and it's gonna happen again. You watch. Um, but uh, Tyler, we we have uh, we have off season news. We know the Super Bowl champions are the Kansas City Chiefs. Hey, you know what? Chiefs, they deserved it. They did. They earned it. It was the first Super Bowl in a long time that I was. I would. I, was, I would actually be happy with either outcome. Yeah, I. I didn't. I didn't mind either outcome. Um, I mean, we we lost to the night. My boys lost to the Niners. Had the Niners won, I would have said, "Hey, they they lost to the Super Bowl champions." You would. Um, but at the end of the day, realistically, uh, the the Niners they they played really well. Their defense was was stellar and kind of fell apart near the end. Chiefs, Chiefs played well. I mean, I I enjoy watching Patty Mahomes. Every game the Chiefs were in, oh yeah, they were come not, from behind. They, they got down and then they came back. And obviously, the biggest one being the Houston one. Yeah, but, but that made it fun to watch. Mm-hmm. That thing it made it very fun to watch. Um, so uh, congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. I thought that was that was a hell of a win. And now we got uh, off season stuff going on, and you know this is my favorite time of the year. Same for me. I love free agency. I love the draft. I love the combine. I love all the stuff, all the, the off-season stuff that goes on, all the, the players getting moved around and, and the uh, releases and the Change signings. places. Yep, and all of the uh, um, all of the uh, uh, extensions, and you know, you know how much I love dealing with contracts and things of that nature. So, uh, because of that, we're we're gonna we got some contract stuff going on. Um, with the 2020 salary cap is now jumping up to 200 million, um, which is actually a pretty big jump. Um, I mean, from from last season, we were at what 186 last mm-hmm. season. So uh, that that's and, a, that's a whole contract. And and now before everyone jumps up for joy, saying, "Oh wow, I, I, my team has an extra six, extra 16 million from what they said." Mm-hmm. Um, not true because. 
when they put out the numbers and oh what what each team has for salary cap, they they that's been based on a prediction of what the salary cap is going to be moved to. Right. It is a little higher than what was predicted. So you don't got an extra sixteen million. You probably got an extra two or three. Right, right, right. But um, I think they predicted to be like one ninety six or one ninety seven, yeah, something like that. that. There you go. It, but but a, a jump from five, about fourteen million dollars. That's I mean, like I said, that's a, that's a whole contract. Mm-hmm. That's a whole friggin' contract. So I mean, it. Well, it sadly, though, it doesn't mean you're gonna get one extra player. It just means that yeah. players are gonna start wanting a little bit more money. Yeah, that's that's what it becomes at the end of the day. Um, but and and speaking of of contracts. Tyler, we, we got some news around the league, and, and a couple days ago, big contract was signed, and it wasn't for a player. Technically a player. Yeah, I mean, sort of. Uh, Tony Romo signs a contract with CBS worth $17 million a season. Wow. To be a uh, an analyst, essentially. He's really good at it. Now, but... Oh, he's tremendous. But, I, you know, Tony, I mean, I, I that man calls plays before they even happen. He's got a brain for the game. Yeah, always yeah. has. I've always liked Tony Romo. Um, he, he's he calls plays before they happen. I mean, I, I'm not a big fan of his his uh, random sounds that he makes into the. <laughs> yeah, you know, you hear those types of weird things going on. But uh, <laughs> Romo ultimately he gets paid that that uh, that 17 million dollar deal. He's a great analyst. I mean, he's it, he. Come on, Tyler. He's no Booger McFarlane. Well, no. I'm surprised <laughs> that Booger's not making $28 million a year. <laughs> Booger. God, I hate that guy. Anyway, no, uh, I'm $17 million a year. I, I... But no, it makes him the highest paid analyst. And did you know that since he's the highest paid analyst, that, makes, that means he makes more money than any other analyst? Thanks, Booger. I appreciate <laughs> it. No, but he... Uh, I think the kicker about about the this whole thing is is players are actually mad about it. Uh, Michael Thomas, who so Michael Thomas, you know, we we always think of him as just like he's a good receiver. Now it it, it seems like after this season, it's finally dawned on Michael Thomas that he's one of the best receivers in the league, and he started becoming that that Twitter asshole is what he's become. And at every turn, it seems like Michael Thomas is bitching about something. You you just you know and he's and this thing was one of those things he was bitching about, you know hooting and hollering why that's why we shouldn't sign the new collective bargaining agreement. Shut up and play football, Michael Thomas. Well, because of Romo. Yeah, because of Romo's deal. Yeah, um, CBS has nothing to do with how the how the how the, how the league pays the players. Right, but he Two separate entities there. Right, but he believes that because an analyst is getting paid that amount, that he should be, you know, the the players should be paid more, is his his argument. I, I think Michael Thomas is just being a loudmouth, and I think Michael Thomas is just trash, and and that's kind of where it's going at this point. But he's the best receiver in football. He, but he's going to be the next Antonio Brown. That's what he's all the be. way through. <laughs> Given the fact that he's a, a Saints player, I sure as hell hope so. But but the Madden curse, I mean, the Madden curse kind of was alleviated a little bit by all of Antonio Brown's ridiculousness because Patrick Mahomes went on to win the Super Bowl. Well, I think the, the, I think Antonio Brown handled the Madden curse for two years straight, basically. But the curse has been dead for a while now. Um, I don't know. Breeze didn't get hit with it. He he, he had a, a record year in yards and touchdowns. The year he's on the cover. Um, obviously, the Barry Sanders year doesn't count. Um, well, Peyton Hillis fell apart. Yeah, Peyton Hillis did. Um, there's the there's another one that um, Sherman got hurt. Yep, Sherman got hurt. Beckham did fine that year. OBJ? 
the year he's on the cover, he he got hurt. Fourteen hundred yards and he got hurt. <laughs> not that year, I don't think. I think he was out of more majority of the season. He was not good. That's a look. He could be right. Yeah. I I just you know I I I think Michael Thomas is going to be that that either that or the next like To or he's just obnoxious. She has a good player. I hate To. One of the best receivers of all time. Oh God, don't say that. Um, but that that's what's going on in in CBS land. I mean, they could have given that money to Booger, but you know, I mean, that's. But what's amazing to me is normally when someone becomes the highest paid something, it's normally just by a small margin. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tony Romo was the highest paid analyst at seventeen million a year. Yep. The next highest paid is Troy Aikman making seven and a half. Ten million dollar difference. Yeah. Big jump there. Now Aikman's deal, I think, was signed what what five six years ago. True. So with the inflation and whatever whatever they're doing there, ten million dollar inflation. Yeah, I mean you we've seen more ridiculous things in this in this time frame and when when it comes to the involvement in the league. Well, like like pay Mike Glennon twenty million a year. Oh yeah, <laughs> we saw that rid- ridiculousness. We saw fifteen million go to the injury prone Sam Bradford. I mean, we've seen that type of stuff going on. So I mean. Doesn't surprise me. Now, one guy that has got to not be happy about the Romo deal is one Dak Prescott. Um, Prescott reportedly over the the uh, over the well last off season and now moving into this off season was was fighting for forty million dollars a year, which whatever he's smoking, I would like some. Um, and can, then, can, can you imagine if he gets it? How much? How much Petty Mahomes is going to get? Oh my gosh. Oh my God! Or, or in a couple years, Lamar. Yeah. Like if if, if Dak Prescott. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dak, Dak Prescott has done very well that team. I just think he's more of a uh, game manager. He's not getting forty. No. There's no way. I don't think any player's getting forty. To be honest with you, unless that salary cap goes up to two hundred and fifty mil, nobody's getting forty. I think you're wrong. I think Patty Mahomes is guaranteed at forty-two. Even 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 the cap doesn't change. That's craziness. That's absolute. Oh, I agree with you. It's a, it's a fifth year cap. Ugh. But it's going to happen. They need to put a cap on contracts. Mahomes will get forty five mil. I think that's nuts. Um, but it so Dak is but because he was fighting for forty mil, uh, Cowboys aren't going to pay it, but they are going to apply a franchise tag to him. Um, and and I mean, if they do trade uh, uh, Dak, I mean, they can get something for him, and that's great. Um, you apply the franchise tag, he gets the the average of the highest paid quarterbacks. Which is like 25? Yeah, he gets 25, which is about what he's worth, I think. I think he's about worth in that, that 20 to 25 range at this yeah. point. I'd put him to 25 to 30 just because, I mean, he's had he's had um, one of the best offenses the last two seasons. So I'll, I'll give him that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll, I'll give him that. I, I, I think he should have taken the 30 million off at the beginning of the season. Right. If he was smart, he would have done that. And, and to me, that was a very, very good and a high-end contract for him. Yep, and he would have he would have gotten paid, paid very and, well, and very well, and and the Cowboys would have had their franchise quarterback. He would have gotten his long-term deal. And not that this should have an effect on how much a quarterback should be paid, but Dak Prescott's got one of the more cushier quarterback positions as is. Anyway, he's got he's got, he got a very high-octane offense, and he doesn't get hit. Yeah, he's got one of the best offensive lines in football. So you can make thirty million dollars to get sacked a couple times a year. Yeah, I, I would. I would take thirty million dollars. Yeah, I'd get thirty million dollars all day. Especially, I mean, it, to me, here's my thing. Like, if you're gonna wind up getting a bigger contract, um, if you're gonna wind up getting thirty one, thirty two, thirty three million dollars a year, 
uh, and and you're you're looking to uh, uh, rise over the contracts of guys like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and and those types of players, then you have to play better than those types of players, or at very at the very least on par. And he has. I know. This year he had a very, another very good year. This year he had a, he had a good year, but where is the playoff appearance? Where is the Super Bowl win? You know, and, they and the playoffs, didn't they? No, Cowboys missed the playoffs. Eagles win it. Ah, you're right. So I mean, it, at the end of the day, the the question for me becomes, wh- you know, did he actually perform better? Yes, but here's the thing. Um, I'm I'm not going to fault. And you can't say that he performed better than Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson was in the MVP talk. Wait, no, he, but he performed better than Aaron Rodgers. He performed better than Matt Ryan. Well, Matt Ryan was on the bottom of the league. But he was still number, number three offense. Dallas Cowboys had the number one offense. I'm not going to fault Dak Prescott for a bad defense. But I am going to fault the, the Cowboys. They, they had a number one offense, but where – and I don't – here's my thing. I don't think that the offense performed that well. They had a number one offense as, as far as yards go, but they weren't putting up monster points. They weren't getting in the end zone. They weren't hitting home. They weren't. They had a number one offense as far as yards go, I believe. But I don't think that they they put up, you know, they they had some a few games where they put up these huge points and they only put up ten or huge numbers, but they only put up ten points. We saw that late in the season, in particular. I mean, Dak is 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 he a good player? Sure, I think Dak's a good player. Is he a great player? Absolutely not. Is he worth more than Russell Wilson? No, no, not not more than Russell. And and Russell right now is making what thirty four. I mean, that's that's about as high as you're going to get. I don't think Rodgers was, was worth them. And we also have to understand when Rodgers' contract was signed. Rodgers' contract was, what, two years ago? Yes. Yep. So Rodgers' contract was two years ago when he was having a monster year. I mean, wasn't he? Yeah, no, you're right. He had, a, he had a monster year that year. He was in the MVP talk that year, if I'm not mistaken. He was. Yeah. So I. But Dak was too for a part of the year before Russell took off with it. Yeah. I well, and then eventually Lamar. But yeah. Um. I just. I. I don't buy Dak. I don't. I think. I think he's. He's a. See, uh, Dallas was was um one two three four six six in, in points per game. Sixth in points per game. Okay. Above the Seahawks. Wow. By a lot. Yeah. Well, not a lot, but four place values. They're average. Dallas is averaging 27, year, 27 points a game. Mm-hmm. That's a good average. But think about the players that they got on that team. That's another thing. You know, not just Dak. It's not just Dak delivering the ball. I mean, Mari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. And I and I agree, but you and you, Zeke on a down year is having a good year. You you, you can't you can't take away from Dak just because he has good players. I I, I sort of can. <laughs> that, that, that's like saying Joe Montana doesn't deserve to be talked about best quarterback because he had, he had a great team. Well, Tom Brady doesn't deserve to be talked about the great quarter about one of the greatest quarterbacks when he had a great team. But with all years won a Super Bowl, he didn't have a great team. He did. He had Gronk. He had Hernandez. That Gronk Hernandez kind of combo was great. Gronk missed half those bowls. Let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, he got against the healthy. I mean, he had he, Tom Brady had some great players on those football teams. He really uh, did. All, all I'm saying is, um. Dax played very well. I, I think he, he deserves he deserves that big contract. It's not forty. Is what I'm saying. He's, he, I, I think thirty is about the, the the top, but I think he's about worth twenty five, twenty six. I don't I don't think he's worth higher. I really don't. I can't I can't sit there and say that I'm I'm willing to give Dak Prescott thirty one, thirty two, thirty three. But are you are you willing to let him walk to get a quarterback that you, that might not be very good? I would I would let him walk to take a shot on Trevor Lawrence. 
I don't know. I would. I would I would let him walk, take a shot on Trevor Lawrence. If I could send Dak Prescott out the door on that franchise tag and say, here, trade him, give me next year's first rounder, let somebody extend him, and go pick up, say, you know, something to... But you're taking a risk in a guy you don't know how he's going to be. So you know how that's going to be. He's going to be a game manager. He's going to get you a, you, a, a top five offense. You, you have to make that concession, especially when, when you're the Dallas Cowboys and you're in such a salary cap hell, which they are. They are? They're they're right on the yep. cusp there. They're, the only team worse is Minnesota at this point. They, Dallas cannot re-sign Dak and Cooper. Yep. Even if Dak was to take $20 million, they still couldn't. And they they made a few knee jerk reactions in the in the whole process as well. They they can't sign Dak and Cooper. They they signed Zeke, which was smart, but then they they went out and signed Jalen Holmes, which I thought was a knee jerk reaction. And and Jerry Jones trying to to flex his muscles and say, well, I don't owe anybody anything. And is Holmes a good player? Sure, but I'm not going to sit here and and say that it was the smartest signing for that football team. You know and and. Had he not signed that contract, you would have been able to sign Dak and Cooper. True. You would have. But right now they're sitting on the, the brink of salary cap hell, and they're not able to sign both. So now they've got to make a decision about who they're going to re-sign. I yeah. think Amari Cooper is the more viable option. And it seems like Cooper's going to be the one that's going out the door. Yeah. And if Cooper goes out the door, Cause, somebody cause else Because here's the thing, though. Even tagging uh, Dak, they can't re-sign Cooper. Right. And, even, they, and, they're, and they're saying they're tagging Dak. Yeah, even so, even tagging Dak, you're you're paying him twenty five, and that's about what he's worth. It's about what he's worth. He's he's not worth thirty. So you're, you, you're letting a high octane receiver out the door. I think it's scary. Yep, and you don't have anything. No, you know. You, well, I take that back. They do have the one young guy over there who played really well, Michael Gallup. You know, and and I I think technically they have Randall Cobb on one more deal, one more year. I think you're right. So if they got Cobb on one more year, I mean, okay, Cobb's okay. He's not. He's not great. Michael Gallup. I mean, maybe they think Michael Gallup is going to be the next big thing. Cobb has proven he's not a number one. No, he's not a number he, one. He proved that in Green Bay. I don't know about that. We've had this discussion. He proved that he, he he's terrible as a one. He's a good two. He's terrible as a one. Broke a thousand as a one. Barely. <laughs> he broke a thousand we're, as a we're, one. We're, we're, this is the same. This is the same argument can be made about that. Um, Latavius Murray broke a thousand. Yeah, you can break a thousand. You get the ball. Hucked to you a thousand times. <laughs> well, he didn't get it thrown a million times. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, it, he broke a thousand as a wide receiver, as a number one. He did. <laughs> so, but um, also, speaking of, of quarterbacks, now that we're we're in the quarterback wagon, Jameis Winston, um, he's set to hit free agency, but kind of a funny little thing here. I, I thought it was kind of funny. For all the interceptions that Jameis Winston threw, this past season, it might be an eyesight problem, Tyler. He undergoes surgery to repair a torn meniscus, and he also gets uh, LASIK on his eyes. Not because of, <laughs> of the interception, but, it, but it's not going to stop uh, millions of people from uh, saying that. Oh, well, I mean, you, you set yourself up for a joke there. You you really do. I mean, it, uh, you set up the pins. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and knock them down. Very true. I mean, that's... <laughs> He gets LASIK surgery on his eyes. He gets surgery to, to handle a torn meniscus. Winston's set to hit free agency. Bruce Arians won't say anything about his future. Do you think Jameis Winston lands somewhere good, and do you think when he lands somewhere he's a starter? He does. I, I mean, you can't take away the, 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 the guy had a very 
good year if you ignore the interceptions. Mm-hmm. Um, but can can a team afford to have that many mistakes happen a game? There's a lot. There's a lot of mistakes. He he had more. There's was, there's fumbles too. Mm-hmm. He had a ton of touchdowns. I I mean that, there were games where James Winston would come alive and blow the world up, and then you know there were games where James Winston would throw five picks. Yeah. There were there were games where he would do both. Six touchdowns, five picks. Yeah, and then lose the game. <laughs> you know? We we saw it all year. It was, it was ridiculous. So I mean it, I don't that's my thing. I, I don't know that Jameis Winston is able to read a defense at this point. I think he, he just chucks the ball around. I think he had the the benefit of Mike Evans and he had the benefit of and, Chris and the, Godwin. And the best Randall Cobb did as the, as number one was six hundred yards. Oh, jeez. He, he had the twelve hundred one time. And that was that, that was during uh yeah twelve hundred yeah. That was that was during the year when Nelson put up fourteen hundred as the starter, as the number one. But he had twelve hundred yards as a number two. <laughs> as number one, he never crossed seven hundred yards. I don't, I don't know. Would it, would it make him like a co number one at that point? I mean, <laughs> he he can do it. I, I believe in I believe He's in a Randall deep Cobb. ball guy, and that's it. Yeah. But uh, so, Jane Cobb is a Tory Smith. <laughs> Maybe he might very well be. Um, so, Jameis Winston. Yes, back to Jameis Winston. Back to Jameis, please. Uh, does Jameis Winston become a starter in this league again? I could see him going to like a Miami. Oh Jesus! He's a step up from Josh Rosen by a mile. It you know seems it. like I know he is. I just it seems like every time we we talk about Miami, it's just like. I think that quarterback could go there and start. I could go there and start at so, quarterback. So here's the- <laughs> Judging by what they have, <laughs> I could. Come on. But how many times, I mean, how often does does um, Josh Rosen avoid the, the forgotten five putting up three oh, interceptions? Oh, my God. James Winston, at least on occasion, kept himself out of trouble on your list because of what he did with the yards and touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, the guy would put up 500 yards and six touchdowns and throw five picks, I mean, but... <laughs> I don't think he threw five. Uh, he, there were a couple. There were a couple of games where he threw five picks. I, I can almost guarantee it. I mean, he was a, an intercept. We got to... Yes, please look it up. <laughs> he is an interception machine. That man is. 30 t- interceptions. And his, his last... Um, throw of the season actually, actually was a pick six. It, it almost oh. makes me wonder if I keep purposely wanting to get that stat of the thirty and thirty. I mean, I guess. I don't. Jesus, Jameis is. It was a uh, rough go at things, right? And it's putting it lightly, I think. But Ugh. I, I see. And, and Bruce Arians is like, I don't know that we're going to move on from him. No, you're moving on from him. I mean, for all that, no, no, you are. You're moving on from him. Trust you, me. You are. I'm more curious about how many what, how many games he had zero interceptions. <laughs> is that is that sad? I I don't know if that was is actually a thing. I I think it's a thing. Was it a thing? It's got to be a thing. God, Jesus Christ! I mean, your, I your internet, your crackerjack internet sucks. By the way, uh, my what? He didn't. Okay, so he, here, here's his interception list. Um, three zero one one zero five. Oh, damn. <laughs> I thought you remembered it. Two, two zero two four two zero three one four two. It's <laughs> a lot of fucking interceptions. One, two, three, four, only four games in which he didn't throw a pick. Thirty-three touchdowns, thirty interceptions, and somehow he still managed to have an eighty-four point three rating, which is well, actually pretty fucking good for a guy who threw that many picks. So you got to think about it. He's, he's in that. You got that list of the the few quarterbacks that have ever thrown five thousand yards. 
Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Matt Stafford, Jameis Winston. With 30 picks. Yes, none of the other guys did that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm also pretty... <laughs> I'm also pretty sure all those other guys also had at least 40 touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. He he's not good. Um, so there's there's that animal. He could he could go to Miami. He could go to Jets. Ugh. Um Speaking of Miami. Oh boy. Uh yeah, I know. What Josh Rosen do? So they're <laughs> they're they're to, well, not only are they keeping Josh Rosen, which is just a head scratcher, but um they're eyeing a trade to uh possibly jump up to number one. Um, which means that that so we we've got that that basically puts us in Joe Burrow um, uh, land there. Joe Burrow is is Cincinnati's talking about bringing him in. There's a lot of talk about Cincinnati and Joe Burrow not wanting to play there, and Cincinnati is like, eh, okay, well you got really small hands, and Joe Burrow's like, like Burger King commercial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they're they're talking about, and that's been. The combine, he gets to the combine, they take his measurements, and, and the big knock on Joe Burrow right now is little hands. I'm like, is this a joke? How many, and we, this is not the first time we've heard something about a quarterback having small hands. Who else's little hands? We, well, last year, I think we were talking about a quarterback with small hands. He had little hands. And I was like, what the hell are we talking about quarterback having little hands for? It didn't matter. He was throwing touchdowns yeah. day in, day out in college. Why the hell would that matter? You know, like, oh, he's got little hands. Who fuck? You know what they say about guys with little hands? <laughs> They're going to lose thumb wars. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> the hell? Like, like, well, I don't, like, I understand, you know, the, the concept is, oh, if the guy gets hit, he's going to fumble the ball a lot. Joe Burrow didn't fumble the ball worth shit. He kept the ball. He was a good quarterback. Draft the fucker. I don't understand. He's got little hands. Who cares? Since he's going to screwing up, trading down, getting two and being upset about it. Oh, I know. I know. And and that's another thing. Teams are are looking at at Tua Tagovailoa, and I I don't buy Tua. I just don't. I I think he's Mm. he's. I got more to say in Alabama as a whole, but um, you got you got something planned for that later, so I'll get to that. No, Jesus Christ. Um, that that's a mess. Just all around with the whole Tua thing. I just am not a fan. Um, the Lions, they have uh, basically said they are open for business. Speaking of trading picks around, they have said that they are open for business for a, uh, a trade down from their number three spot. Um, I think that is the smartest move and the smartest thing the Detroit Lions have done since last year's draft when they drafted TJ Hawkinson in the first round. Because who's there? Because Hawkinson's trade was not, or Hawkinson's um, choice was not good. <laughs> wasn't horrible. I mean, he just got hurt. And, but um, anyway, um, for who's there at three, I think you can get an equal. This isn't exactly what they need. The spot you you can trade down and get a very equal player and get additional draft stock. Right. Like I'm not saying trade out of the first round, but you can trade like no. mid teens. Yeah. Oh yeah, you go to the teens. I mean, and there's players that are going to be like, available. There's a team that will give you their. 15th round, the 15th overall pick, and the third. Yep. Maybe even a second. A second, yeah. I Moving up that much, if you if you jump down to the teens from three, you, and then... You can probably get a, a, their their first rounder, a second, maybe like a six or seven. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big jump. 
That's that. I mean, we're talking over ten spots and, at that point. And Lions need there's a there's a lot of good value in the in the middle of this first round. I I, I like this this mindset. There there is a lot of good value, and actually there's there's a lot of good value in the twenties. When you when you start hitting the twenties, we're talking about guys like Justin Herbert falling to the early twenties. I mean, that's this is a, a uh, top heavy quarterback type of draft right now. Uh, between Jordan Love and, you know, and they're, they're talking about Jordan Love is moving up the draft boards right now. And, any, and anybody wanting a corner, they're, they're just loving it. They, they can trade oh, out yeah. all day because there's plenty, plenty of them available. A lot of corners all the way through the third round. Um, D-line too. Yep, D-linemen are, are available. I, the offensive linemen are, are sort of at a premium in this draft. You got about five in and, the first and, round. And, and, plus you got some, get some goes in free agency too. And, yeah. You're gonna you're gonna see the um, offensive lineman uh, rankings for the team team rankings mm-hmm. change a lot for the season starts because yep. teams are gonna be boosting their O line a lot and and the Lions um they they're in a really good spot you know you move down from number three you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get something special I mean we we see teams give up consecutive first round draft picks three years in a row to move up to that type of level so we're we're talking great players. We're, we're talking great players, franchise guys are going to get selected um, early on there, and, and the Lions could get away with murder if they trade down out of that number three spot. Um, they did they did extend Danny Amendola, which I think is hilarious, and um, they did release uh, Damon Harrison, who said that the release was mutual. Um, I, I guess to me, I mean, for Snack's sake, I like the move for him because... He was was clearly not happy. He was not in a scheme that that was beneficial to him. Um, when he came to Detroit, he was a part of a four three in Detroit originally, and then Matt Patricia decided to change the scheme over to a three four without having the proper personnel here. And uh, there you go. He you now snacks goes from being a defensive tackle, a space eating defensive tackle alongside Ashawn Robinson, to being a. Uh, ultimately a nose tackle mm-hmm. who has to take care of all the stuff himself with a bunch of linebackers who are junk. I mean, you, you got to have a um, linebacker depth to really do the three, four to justice. Right. And I don't think the, the Lions had the personnel to do the three, four. I thought it, it hurt snacks Harrison. Yeah. I thought Harrison didn't get paid the money that he should have been getting paid. Um, because I, I I know I'm a little biased being someone who's grown up with a three four defense, mm-hmm. but I, I I do feel like if if you have that strong linebacker core, a three four um a four three can't can't even compete with a three four. And it and it really depends. If you if if you have the personnel, a three four is is amazing. Yeah, if you but it's hard yeah. to get that personnel the way it needs to be. Right. You have to develop linebackers, and you have to develop linebackers that are good in coverage. Ultimately, mm-hmm. that's that's the key. I mean, where, where the four three is is more focused on on those double A gap blitzes and those. You're those, putting a lot of faith in in you, you'll see teams that have a good three fours. They you, take a look at their 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 in their case it'd be the front three. Right, they're freaking huge. They're big boys. They have to be, and they and they and they have to be have have good awareness to take care of business because you're you're one guy short. Because a lot of times you're your outside linebackers are going to be your are going to be your edge guys. So your ends turn into more of a tackle type players. Yep. But they turn more hybrid. Yep. Exactly. I mean, it's it. I I, I now I'm you know I'm partial to four three. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my big thing about a four three is is boy you're relying on that that pass rush. I I like having that pass rush. I like having all those those guys up front taking care of the run. I like that. I think it's great. 
and it allows your it, it make it forces your corners to go into man. You know, you got it, but like I like you were saying, you got to have coverage guys. You got to have the proper man coverage corners that that can take care of business. If you don't have man coverage corners, you're gonna have issues. So I mean, but what what the Lions did to Snacks here is they they added more of a workload to him, and they made him less effective of a player. And then they didn't have the proper linebackers to do that 3-4 when they converted. And then when they converted, they they wound up having one of the worst defenses in the league in spite of having some great personnel on that team like a Snacks Harrison and like a Darius Slay and all these great players. So I, I'm okay with this move. I just think that Snacks Harrison is still the type of player you could have gotten something for instead of just cutting him straight out. Right. I mean, there's... Like, if he wasn't part of the cards, is where it is. I mean, Lions are in a position they're going to be rebuilding and trying to get younger or whatever. Right. You could have gotten something for him in, to get some get some more youth. I, I agree You could have gotten a... I could, maybe I'm being a little too generous. You could have got a third rounder before, maybe fourth. Yep. I I for I mean, for a uh, defensive tackle, I mean, I think Snacks is, what, 32, 31? Yeah, so maybe a fourth or fifth. Yeah, I, I, I think you could have got... But he's an effective player. I think you got a third rounder for the guy. If you if you handled it correctly, and and I don't think Snacks was handled correctly in this entire time he came to Detroit, people got excited about him. I think you could have gotten a third, and and you could have gotten a good player for him. It, it, it just and it saved the Lions twelve million off the cap. Good for them. They're able to go into free agency for the second year in a row with forty plus million dollars in cap space and make a couple of moves, which is which is good. I mean, that's what they had last year, and they, they made a couple of moves. I didn't like the moves that they made. I thought the moves they made were trash, but I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, it, it just it makes for, for a tough situation over there in Detroit. Um, speaking of cuts, as we're, as we're talking about the cuts, the Ravens, your boys, they cut Tony Jefferson after three seasons. Called that one. Yeah, you, you had been the, calling the, this for a while. And, and it has nothing to do with, with, um, with Jefferson personally. Right. Um, the moment that that Chuck Clark contract was signed, and especially the way Chuck Clark played, they got Chuck Clark had a value for how he played. Um, the writing was on the wall for Tony Jefferson. He's, I mean, he's still twenty nine. He's going to land somewhere, but he's not. The, he's not the cards. I mean, Ravens needed the cap space, and clearing nine millions is it, that's a, that's a big deal in the NFL. No, I had mentioned that that Chuck Clark was was playing pretty good ball. Yeah, and I, and, <laughs> and you shit all over me, and. Chuck Clark came out and set the world on fire and got an extension. And it's uh, because it was the week after. Yep. Um, Tony Jefferson just got hurt. Mm -hmm. Chuck Clark had one. Had, he got hurt early, so Chuck Clark played the, that three quarters of that game and played really, really well. That next week, I, I remember the conversation too. Jimmy Smith came back. Yep. And we traded for Marcus Peters, and, and we we're talking about what's going to happen. It's like, oh, let's just move Jimmy Smith to safety. You're like, then you're like, Chuck Clark's playing pretty good though. Like, like. I'm like, who? Chuck frickin' Clark? <laughs> Screw that! <laughs> I, I saw him playing really well. I, I was impressed with Chuck Clark. And then the, the next week, or the next two weeks, I'm, I'm just watching, like, damn, this kid can play. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, but Chuck Clark looks really good, Tyler. I don't know. Uh, Chuck Clark, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for him. Uh, I think Tony Jefferson, you know he's going to land. Oh, yeah. You know Tony Jefferson's going to land somewhere. He's going to get – I don't know if he's going to get paid a, a monster contract or anything. He's, he's, it's going to be north of 10. Um, he, he's going to get a good deal. He's still in his prime. He's 29 years old. A mm -hmm. um, lot of tread on those tires. And, uh, I'm terrified I'm going to Chiefs opposite Honey Badger. Uh, yeah, and that could be a it thing. Could be a good spot for him. Uh, yeah, it could be a thing. I, I think um, – 
I think if Tony Jefferson, there, there's a few places he could land. He could land in Kansas City. He could land in Minnesota. Minnesota's they, place too. They've got that Anthony Harris issue over there. Could land um, in Pittsburgh. Yep, could land in Pittsburgh, and and Pittsburgh has has one good safety over there, but they're going to have to get you know another safety alongside him. Because yeah, um, they got Mika. Yep, and, and Fitzpatrick's really great. I I like Mika Fitzpatrick, but he he could land in any of those places, and if he does. It's going to be a, and, a coup for somebody. And I honestly can't see him going to Pittsburgh just for the for the fact of um, it seems like um, there there seems to be a good um. Backstage um mentality in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, when players leave, they almost very rarely do they they ever shit on the team. Yeah. Um, like, like you yeah. have you have Weddle basically talking about retiring as a Raven despite playing there for two seasons mm-hmm. and. Uh, so I and it's, it's very rare when a player leaves and goes to play for a Raven rival. So it seems like you a, a good um, working relationship in Baltimore. Yeah, at least, at least per, perceptively. I think a lot so of it. So I, I can't do... see I can't see him going like a Browns or or, or a Pittsburgh. I, I I could see him going back to the NFC. I think a lot of that has to do with the culture that Ozzie Newsom set up over mm-hmm. there for such a long time. And you got you got Harbaugh who's been a very good people's coach. Yeah, good good player coach. Takes care of his guys. Um, I I think that that. The the personnel in Baltimore genuinely likes the coach, and they genuinely like the general managers. And and that's um and it hasn't happened yet. I mean, you've had a couple players that have done it, but um that's how you get players to take pay cuts and take um willingly take smaller contracts to help the team. Right. And I'm I'm hoping that starts to happen, but it hasn't really in, in like in like the same way that like Brady has been. I mean, that's been like the biggest one, obviously. But. Oh God, Tom Brady. Speaking of Tom Brady. That's been a big one. No, oh boy. The Tom Brady sweepstakes is going on. we got a lot of teams that are, are getting getting a lot of looks. Originally, it was kind of the Colts, but it's kind of looking like the Colts are talking about Phillip Rivers, and we'll get to that shortly here. But Tom Brady, I mean, we're here in Tennessee. We're here in Houston. Mm-hmm. We're here in, I mean, all kinds of different, so different things. Whispers have been, like, um, there's been nothing official, but it sounds like whispers are saying that Tom Brady's saying that he's not going to go back to New England. Yeah, even that's... though even though at first I was saying that's the, the obvious thing was he's going to go, he's going to stay in New England, but it's starting to look like it's less likely. Yeah, he he's talking about going everywhere. Going, I mean, we're talking. I mean, he he, we're, we've been hearing Raiders. Raiders Ra- have been. The the rumor is Raiders actually have a unofficial two year, sixty million dollar contract. Brady yep, Brady, just waiting for him. And if that's the case, you know Derek Carr's getting traded. Mm-hmm. Derek Carr is going to get traded, and they're going to get a hefty, hefty lump sum for that. But Tom Brady, sixty million dollars. See, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't. And Tom Brady, while he played good enough, he's he's not, he's not playing like Tom Brady anymore. Yeah. I think you're better off Derek, Derek Carr in your future when Tom Brady's short-term at best. I don't think they gave Derek Carr enough credit, and I don't think they gave Derek Carr enough pieces over there in Oakland or in, or in L.A. or wherever the hell they're at. Now it's Vegas. Like We used to say that the way that Tom Brady's brain works, he could go to Miami and take, take him to the playoffs. Yeah. That Tom Brady doesn't exist anymore. No. Noel, I I don't know about... Yeah, he'd improve the team. I, I think he would take him to the playoffs, but I, I don't think... Um, I don't think they're exiting he, the first he, round. He's not... <laughs> he, Tom Brady's not making um, Joe in the broom closet a uh, number one receiver in the league anymore. Right, right. It's, it's not like he, when Peyton he, he Manning needs, went to he Denver. Needs, he needs talent around him yeah. at this point. It's not like when Peyton Manning went to Denver and, and turned them into a Super Bowl team. Yeah. I mean, that's... that's we're, we're talking maybe not quite as bad, but we're, we're, we're somewhere in between... 
where where um Peyton was when he first went to Denver mm-hmm. and where Peyton was in his last year in Denver. Right. We're somewhere in that 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 downwards downward swings. It's and it's but it's not as bad as it was in the very last year. It's not there yet. No. But this season could be. Yeah, this season could get ugly. Uh, I, I a lot of people are talking about him going to Tennessee because they need a quarterback. I mean, I see. I don't. I think they have a quarterback right in front of them. They, they, they he, he, he won. What last last twelve games? He went eight and four, wherever it was. I, I think Tannehill's the guy there. Did he go eight and four, or did Derrick Henry go eight and four? Because I think Derrick Henry went eight and four. Tannehill knows how to how to spread the ball and and, and use his team. Um, it's not like Derrick Henry just showed up and no no did did he go eight and four or did Derrick Henry go eight and four? I think I think Tannehill's a better game manager than than Mariota and, and can open up the game for Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry went eight and four in that in those games. Derrick Henry carried that team. So where was Derrick Henry the first half of the season? For Derrick Derrick Henry does this every year. <laughs> Have you noticed that the man does it every year? He disappears for the first five, six games, and then suddenly he's getting just, strong now. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he shows up like he's getting ready to blow up the world one day, and he puts up a 200-yard yeah. performance. He's, he's, he's going to come out and say, yeah, I think we should have eight preseason games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does it every year. Really. I mean, it, it, it I think it's the first straight year. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's insane, and he and he just blows up and goes ham. It's it's like seeing Brandon Inge on the Tigers after the All Star break. But I mean, I mean, to his credit, how, how many, how often in a generation do you get a running back that truly gets stronger as a game or a season goes on? It's rare. Right, it's right. rare talent. He, he, but that's what he does. I mean, he sucks for the first half, and then he blows up, and everybody goes, "Oh, there's Derrick Henry after week eight. You know, yeah, you, you, you draft him in your fantasy team, you put him on your bench for the first half of the season. Exactly, because he's not going to do anything. Fucking Derrick Henry, my god. Um, and uh, I, speaking I, of Derrick Henry, yeah. though, just briefly talk about like. Mm. He's supposed to be a free agent. Is Tennessee yep. going to get the job done on that one? What's their cap they're, situation they're, like? They're talking about their cap situation is good, but they're talking about getting him to a deal. See, can, the thing can about, they re-sign Henry and Tannehill slash Brady? Here's the, do they cap for both? I think they do. The, okay. the, the kicker about about Tennessee is, um, and I'll have to look up their cap situation. But uh, the the thing about Tennessee is they don't have a lot of. Um, like big name players on that football team that are garnering a ton of cap space. Um, they have fifty one point four million dollars this year. Yeah, they they can do both because because their receiving core is very young. Mm-hmm. You got um rookie not well, going to this, going to the second year in AJ Brown, and then you have um I can't remember his name. He's the rookie the season prior, two seasons prior. Um, and also let's let's also remember right now that running backs right now are not garnering the same salary that they were getting or that, that people expected them to get. They're not the same players, and, and people are using running backs so differently. They're not as coveted as they used to be, you know, uh, back in the 90s. A lot 90s of and, teams are starting to go. To, I mean, we saw it happen four or five years ago, but it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say less than half the league has a, this one guy is my running back. Right. That doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, the, the like, I, I think a lot of teams, like, and you see it in the draft in particular, really, how many, how often do you see it? Like, last year, I don't think we had one running back that got drafted in the first round. Really? Yeah. But yeah. normally every couple of years, you have, like, that one guy who's like, yeah. he's going like a Saquon. five. Like a Saquon Barkley. Saquon, Elliott. Yeah, Elliott, um, yep. Derrick Henry, I believe, is early. Yep. Um, you know, you, you have, usually you have one or two that go in the first round, maybe. 
usually it's like one, but you don't you don't see. Oh, I'm gonna take you know. Well, there's didn't, didn't um, Jacobs go in first round? It's possible. It is very possible, but I mean, you know, it's not often that quarterbacks are, or that running backs rather are going in in the first round as like, oh, this guy is a yeah, he went twenty fourth overall. He's the only, yeah. he's the only running back. Yeah, but he went twenty fourth. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not he's, they're just not as coveted. They're not. Well, you're right. They're not as coveted. So I mean, that that's a thing. Um, you know, the I would like to to believe that these these running backs are going to be these coveted things, but but I do think that the running backs that are monsters like Derrick Henry or Elliott. Mm-hmm. Because there's just not as many good ones, they're right. going to get paid. Oh yeah, like the good oh, yeah. ones are going to get nasty contracts. Yep, uh, I agree with you. I, I mean, that's that's the big. Like, thing. I think Derrick Henry gets pushing twenty. I don't know if he gets twenty. I but but the the big ones right now are getting. I mean, sort of around fourteen, fifteen. I think Kamara's going to be due this year. Kamara's going to be. But due. I think his value's gone down a little bit yeah. since he's not. He's proven that um, Ingram's kind of exposed him. Yeah, and not only that, Kamara got hurt, didn't he? He got hurt a little bit too, mm-hmm. but but he but he was still not as performing as well as he was. Right. Um, I think Ingram suspension mixed with Ingram leaving and playing just as good. Yep. Has kind of exposed Kamara a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I think I think Kamara. We well, we talked about that. He's a small guy. He's changed pace mm-hmm. back. Running backs right now are getting paid uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen million dollars. Um, we saw the last really, really big contract was was Todd Gurley at 15. And, and really, I think that contract kind of hurt the running back market a little bit. Uh, you know, because people, the running backs don't have a very long shelf life. No. So so when you, you bring on a guy like, like a Todd Gurley, and then the next year he has arthritis in his knee. You know, and he has, and, and they're. What I think it's going to do is it's not going to hurt the amount of money per season they, they offer running backs. Right. It's going to shorten the contract length. Yeah. You're going to be seeing a, a long-term deal because they're a three-year contract. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think if they do give give a long-term deal, uh, he's not going to be making 15. I, I think Derrick Henry gets paid about 13, maybe 14. So I think it's, I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go to say 17 he gets. That's ballsy. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money for a running back. But if you're if 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 we're going with what you're saying and Derrick Henry you, you think went eight and four, you then think yes, he does get that. You you think he's going to get paid more than Ezekiel Elliott though? What Elliott just get? Sixteen. Yes. Oof. Elliott just had a down year after getting that contract. Oof. I don't know. That's that's wild. That's wild. Hey, salary cap just went up fourteen million. Yeah, that's fair. Has 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 it doesn't have anything to do with him being better than Elliott, but years change. Yeah, a year later. Yeah, they're gonna take a. They'll, they'll probably take the leap of faith, which I'm not a fan of. I could even see um, Henry um, pushing to do the tag, mm-hmm. so he can get that contract another year later. <laughs> now, a team that did take a, a, a leap of faith this past week was uh, the Cardinals. They extended their offensive tackle DJ Humphrey to a three-year, forty-five million dollar deal. We're talking fifteen million a year for the offensive tackle. He's only played one complete season. Um, talk about a leap of faith. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Um, I, I, I call this the, uh, the, uh, Andrew Luck syndrome. <laughs> right. How many times have I used the same analogy? Mm-hmm. You bought a brand new sports car. Yeah. But you're going to leave it in the garage with the door open all day long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's what it, that's what it's like to have a good quarterback and with a terrible no line. line. Yep. You have your brand new young quarterback. Protect him. I don't. I don't know that Humphrey is worth it, though. That's that's the thing. DJ Humphrey. He completes he's an above a, average o, o tackle. He he completes his first full season, though. 
First time he's ever completed a full season. It's a, From that standpoint, it's a leap of faith. Yeah. But I, I believe in leap of faith when it comes to protecting your assets. I, I agree with that. I just I look at that and I say, this guy, he's been hurt a but lot. Watch them also take a, take one of these free agent O-linemen. Oh, they probably will. They need to. <laughs> I imagine one team taking all three. Oh, like, just like you know, I mean, I, I, you, you can't think to have a good offense until you protect protect your players. Mm-hmm. Take Joe Tunney, take you know off the Tunney, off free agency. Conklin and Scherf. Yep, boom. Just, there's your O line. Right who's got the worst O line in the league? Just put, put your money and just go bam. Yep, drop it on him. Forty five million three players. Oh jeez, that'd be insane. Um, now. Another signing that went on, Falcons, they extended the kicker, Young Hoku, punter Ryan Allen, one-year deals. Um, I actually like these signings. I like Hoku. Uh, Young Hoku's a good player. Uh, he's a good kicker. Um, we, we got to see uh, him him play in replacement of Matt Bryant after the Falcons released Matt Bryant. I think they get Young Hoku on a, on a deal. Um, Koo's a good kicker. And on a one-year deal, it makes total sense. I like it. Especially with Atlanta kind of dancing with yeah. the salary cap. Speaking of kickers, I I hope this becomes the next big thing. You know how there's everyone's got that jersey for the Browns that has like all the quarterback changes. Over yeah. years? I hope that I hope that becomes a thing for the Patriots and their kicker now. Because <laughs> ever since Goskowski got cut, they just they wheeled, they just can't decide wheeled, who's going to be their kicker. They wheeled and dealed kickers. It was kind of wild. Um. So we've got a few more news stories going on, Tyler. We're going to take a quick break, and then uh, we're going to hop right back on here. Uh, we'll be right back right here. On the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's, or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to the Upside Swift I'm your host, Tyler Bean The fabulous one, Scotty Freytown. Uh, this guy, you see, he, he causes a ruckus. He goes and has a baby. Oh, like you didn't, you weren't having working minutes <laughs> or something. <laughs> Last well, two shows, you're, you're on, you're like, hey, it's the outside. Eyes very open. No, I, it, I'm, I'm getting, my body's very used to it now. It really yeah, is. Now? Used to it. Well, yeah. I mean, we had to get used to it. Um, More news around the league, Tyler. We got a lot. We're so we're gonna finish up our news around the league, and then we got a game to play that I'm excited about. Um, the the game we're gonna we're gonna be playing is going to be involving the combine, which I'm I'm totally stoked about. But we've got um, 
we've got some more news around the league. We, we a lot of stuff. There was a lot of stuff that really took off in the last two weeks. So we're we're going to be uh, uh, still talking about some of that. Uh, Redskins. We'll start there in Washington. They cut Jordan Reed, longtime tight end. Uh, I'll be honest. I like the move. I do. The guy's hurt every year. Ignoring injuries, he's a great player. Great. Um, <laughs> Ignoring it's, it's injuries. A, it's like the Dennis Pitta curse. Or the curse of the of the good player can't stay healthy. Yeah. He 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 missed all of 2019. I mean, the guy, and, yeah. and he's he's always hurt. He gets hurt early, and he misses a ton of games. They signed him into that big deal anyway, and he just lost a ton of games. Or he missed a ton of games. I I, I can't no, sit there. It's a good move. Yeah. I can't sit there and, and say that... that uh, uh, Jordan Reed is is, you know, it, a guy it, that you un, should be paying that amount of money. It's unfortunate, but it it's it's what it is. And I think he'll catch on elsewhere. That's the thing. Yeah, I, he will. He's going to continue to get hurt. Yeah, there, there's a lot of durability there. A lot of durability issues, rather. And durability, as I say, durability yeah, issues. Dur- durability issues. There's a lot of issues with durability there, and I I just don't know that that he can do that. The Redskins also made a move on Josh Norman. Um, releasing him from his deal, the the declining corner. Um, he's getting older. He's slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, he'll land. He'll land, but, but it won't be for the same type of deal as he's used to. Yeah, it won't be for the money that that you know he's expecting. I, I really just I don't believe that that he's going to wind up getting that that you know big deal that that he expected to get the the Redskins expect you know his expectation of the Redskins was to give him a monster contract. He's not going to get that. No, and and I, I, wherever he lands, he'll be. I think he'll get eight to ten, but I don't think he's worth any more than that. No, he's not going to be the most coveted corner on the market. Right, right, right. So, um, and also corner that got released, the Bears they cut Prince Amukamara. Um, I remember when Amukamara was a huge free agent coup for certain for certain mm-hmm. teams when he went to Philadelphia for and, that super team. And you haven't heard his name. No. No. Yeah, wow. Prince of Mukamara gets cut. He, I mean, he wasn't even the best corner on on the Eagles team, let alone this team. And and they also went about, went about releasing uh, Taylor Gabriel, um, who I think is probably one of the most underrated receivers in the league right now. To be honest with you, I think Taylor Gabriel, he's going to land somewhere, and he's going to make a. If if he lands in Minnesota, he's a great number three. I think he's a high end. I think he's a, a anywhere from a middle of the road number two to a high end number three. Definitely. And by the way, you're, I, 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 you red flag, you said something. I, I, I make sure I wasn't crazy. With, and no, What's that? You're crazy. You're, you're thinking of a different player. Tomorrow oh. I never played for the Eagles. You're thinking of, uh, I can't remember the name. It was like Ashmore or something. Oh, Nandi Asamoah is what yeah, I was Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Super team. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow I played his beginning part of his career with uh, the Giants. Oh, yeah, that's right. God, I'm getting all mixed up, aren't I? Yes. Nah. Well, Prince of Mukamara. Um, still a good player. Still a good player, but. Nandi was much no. better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nandi was better. Well, I don't even in know. In the beginning. That. In the beginning, yeah. I was going to say, when he played for the Raiders, he was good. Yes. Nandi Asamoah, but not not after that. After the, When he played for the Raiders, he was shut out. Yes. Yeah. So, Prince Mukamara, rather, though, cut from the uh, the Bears. Still, I mean, he not the best corner on that team. No. Not, not by a long shot. Kyle Fuller was easily the best corner yeah, on that team. Fuller was really good. Yeah. Fuller played really well, especially with the new contract. Um, and Taylor Gabriel, wherever he goes, he's going to, you know, hit a home run as far if he, if he winds up as a number two, I think you get a middle of the road number two. If he winds up as a number three, you have a very high end number three. You know, he's, he's going to be, you know, a beast somewhere. 
He played really, and he played decently in, in Chicago. I'm not going to sit here and say he played bad. Did he play up to the contract that they gave him? No, no. but he still played well. Um, so that that becomes the the question of the day is where he's going to land. Um, speaking of receivers, the Jets signed the former first round wide receiver Josh Doxson um, to a brand new deal. Uh, he Josh Doxson kind of bounced around, bounced from Washington to Minnesota. Now he's with the Jets, and um, I, I really don't care for the move. It's okay. He's not. He's not a terrible receiver. He's not terrible. He's not good though. He's like a, He's okay for three. Like a three or four. Guy. He, he's a three. <laughs> he's a three. I mean, and and we're talking a middle of the road three. I mean, he's he's not going to be one of your best threes. I I like Josh Doxson. Um, I think he's got a lot of speed to him. I don't think his hands. There's are the a best. point in time I thought he had a lot of potential. Oh yeah, a lot um, of people did. A lot of people thought he. I would have thought he had a lot of potential when he came out of college. But but you know, is there's a lot of issues there. I mean, the, the guy, he's, he's, like I said, he's got really good speed, and he's a big boy, but he doesn't have the, the hands. He doesn't have the uh, the route-running ability. I, I just think there's there's a lot missing from that package there, and, and people are still offering this guy large amounts of money, and I don't understand what it is. Um, there's just a lot missing there. Um, Seahawks, this is a big one. The Seahawks go out and they signed Greg Olson to a one-year $7 million deal. Um, to be their starting tight end, he's going to go to the land of of uh, of what's a tight end? Yeah, the the the. Oh, you're a blocker only. Yeah, the tight end graveyard there over in, in Seattle. They wouldn't know what to do with a good tight end if it punched him in the face. They had one. Yeah, I know exactly. It's just it's amazing to me, and I, I if you look at it, what Greg Olson, so it, it's silly to see what what like Seattle does because they've gone out and they picked up Jimmy Graham, and Jimmy Graham was a big vertical threat tight end. And they use him as a blocker. And then they go out and pick up Greg Olson. Now, I like Greg Olson. I'm going to tell you right now, I like Greg Olson. And I think the guy's a hell of a pass catcher. And I think he, he he's one of those guys that's going to get in the end zone a bunch of times. But last, that guy last, cannot block worth last, shit. Last year and a half he's been... Right. But but I, I think it's just been a small bug. Yeah. But but here's the kicker. There. For a while, I was like, man, why, why did he go there? They don't have to use tight ends. Mm-hmm. They have grown up. As an offense, though, before he got hurt, Will Disley was playing a very good season as a pass catching oh, tight end, though. God. Well, I, I mean, better than how Graham was a few seasons back. They've improved as a team. Like, oh, so this is how you use them? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think this is a good landing spot. I, really I still, don't. I still don't. I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be better, better this time around than it was with Jimmy. Graham. I mean, it's possible. I, I think you're paying for a guy who's who's on the ass end of his his career. He still plays well, but. One thing about Greg Olson is, and I'm going to flat out say it: Greg Olson cannot block. No, I, he's not a blocker. He's a he's a, a pass catching tight end. He's never been a good blocker. And Seattle's they, get, they run that West Coast power run offense, and they they've got to have that ability to run the football effectively, and then that requires a good tight end, and and you don't see that. Nope. You know, I don't see that a good blocking tight end in, in Greg Olson. I just, eh, not a fan. Um. We did see the Giants go through. They released Alex Ogletree this week. They saved $10 million on the cap by releasing him. Um, you know, it's... it's. Uh, I feel like it's a bad move, to be honest with you. The Giants' defense is already bad. But and they have lots of cap space. There's, to me, this. I mean, it's a bad move for them, but there's a lot of teams that could use a... Uh... Middle of the pack starting linebacker, mm-hmm. 
I don't even know that he's middle of the pack. I think he's a little bit higher than that. I think Ogletree has played really, really well for the Giants. What I mean by middle of the pack is he's he's a top 25 linebacker. I'd go as far as top 15. I think he's that good. I don't know there, but I, I think he's definitely going to land somewhere. I mean, he's he's not near Kendricks. He's not. You no, know? he's not like Kendricks, Mosley. Demario Davis. Davis. Um, yeah, he's, he's not those guys. Don Miller, obviously, that type of player, but. But he's, I, he's a high end. I mean, I he's a higher end. Plenty of teams that could use a guy just like him for yeah, like a Detroit, a Baltimore, Cleveland, right Cleveland. now. Cleveland is letting Schobert walk. I mean, it's that's a uh, and and that, that brings me to my next thing. Well, first of all, they release Alex Ogletree. The Giants are also and and they have said quote unquote open for business and dealing the number four pick. You know, okay. They're they're dealing number four. That's another thing there. First one, first one to do it between them and Detroit gets a better deal. Yep, that's basically it. Once one once once one team uh, jumps on it, I mean the the market who's going to do it drops. Yep, that's exactly that. That is true. And I, I so you got Detroit and them and the Giants kind of competing in that in that situation. But um, as far as linebackers go, the Cleveland Browns, Jack Schobert. Going out the door, they say they're not going to pay that ten million dollar plus um, price tag. I think that's stupid. Schobert was great. Comes off of a, a career year in interceptions, career year in tackles, career year in sacks. So, and the Cleveland one that yes, I agree, it's a dumb move. I'm I'm almost not. I'm almost okay with uh, um, Giants letting Ogletree go for the fact of uh, Giants rebuilding. So why put money in a guy that's by the time you're good again is going to be out of his prime, yada, 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 yada. But you could have gotten something for him. You could have gotten right. some really good value, second, third round draft pick. Start calling around, you know, make the, make the move. Make the move. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, there, there are things like that. I, I, don't, I don't like the idea of just, oh, I'm just going to release the guy. Well, trade him. Look for, call get, around. Get something. See if somebody wants him. See if somebody wants him. I mean, it, it would make total and sense. You're, you're talking about these teams that are, that are going to franchise tag players and then trade them right away. Willingly taking a cap hit, but getting value mm-hmm. for them. Right, and that's that's what you got to do. You got to take that little bit of a cap hit, but get that first round pick, mm-hmm. or the second round pick, or the third round pick, and try and find it. You know, you get a second, third round pick. There's still a lot of good players, a lot of depth in this draft where you can select someone really well. I mean, somebody really strong, really powerful. It, it just it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense just to release a guy like that, um, unless of course. You're in cap hell, like the Minnesota Vikings, who released Everson Griffin last week, uh, saved $12.9 million on the cap, dollars on the cap. Um, had the Vikings uh, traded him, they would have been damaged even more in the cap. But uh, with this one move, and, and it wasn't the Vikings that actually released him. Everson Griffin voided his contract um, because he had a clause in his deal where if he made more than six sacks, in a single season and had more playing time if he played above a certain percentage of snaps, he would be able to void his contract. He voids his contract, saves his team 12.9. Mike Zimmer says he expects uh, Everson Griffin to be a Viking. Um, but, you know, we, we're going to see. He's, it's going to be question, – there's questions about how much money he's going to garner. And, and if they – I mean, I liked Everson Griffin. I thought he played really well, but I feel like the Vikings have better players on that football team. Mm-hmm. Everson Griffin's a player that's beginning his downswing. Yep. 
Um, a team that pays him what he wants is going to pay more than he's worth. Right. So it's 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 a big question mark. Mm-hmm. And and one thing interesting thing one interesting thing about Everson Griffin and I I talked about this if you if you do get the chance I hope everybody goes over and listens to Scotty Skullcast. There's there's Ifadio Denigbo was on that team. Ifadio Denigbo gets paid seven hundred and twenty k. And he had I, a better season than Everson Griffin. Yeah. He did. He put up seven sacks. So and and he played a fraction of what Everson Griffin played. Now I do think that Everson Griffin would be a good signing if the price is right. Yeah, if the price is right, it's a different story. But if you can get him for say eight, mm-hmm. I think he's a hell of a player. I, I, I mean, you and team somebody's going to pay eight. Somebody's going to pay ten. But he's but pay twelve. Yeah, but I don't. Uh, I mean, at this point in the time, the Vikings with the calf situation, you keep Ifadio Denigbo. You dump Everson Griffin and you move on. You promote from within and you do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Smart. It makes total sense. Take a page out of Baltimore's book in that one. Yep. Promote you, from you, within. You, you know the talent that can get the job done. Put him in there. You developed a player. I mean, that's that's the big thing. Um, speaking of the Vikings, they also promoted Gary Kubiak to the offensive coordinator, um, and and I I love this move. I absolutely love it. With Kevin Stefanski, he goes and, and becomes the new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. We know about that. We we heard about that during Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Stefanski, Vikings, so they lose their offensive coordinator, and then what do they gain? They they move Gary Kubiak up. I just thought this was smart all around. The writing on the wall has been on this one for a while. We know that that offensive scheme was not Kevin Stefanski. We know that wasn't his doing. We know that this was Gary Kubiak's doing. Mm-hmm. That West Coast power run, that zone run offense that they were running, that was all Gary Kubiak. Kubiak gets promoted to the rightful spot that he should have been in in the first place. Yep. And Kevin Stefanski goes to Cleveland where he's ultimately going to crack the bed. And Gary Kubiak is going to show up and be successful. I think the other thing that could go on, because Gary Kubiak got promoted to the offensive coordinator situation, Mike Zimmer is now in the hot seat. If Mike, I disagree. And and you know, well, here's my thing. Mike Zimmer, he's on he's on the last year of his deal. If Mike Zimmer doesn't at least, at the very least, make the playoffs this year. Which they're going to. Which I think they're going to. But if they don't, Gary Kubiak will become the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I bet. See, I think even if they miss the playoffs, Zimmer is going to get extended if he wants to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the bigger thing was if the Vikings w- would have missed the playoffs this past season. Right. Zimmer would have been let go. Kubiak would have been head coach. Right. But I think we're in a situation now to where Zimmer's got at least three years. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially with, with the Cousins contract getting ready to go out the door. I, I mean, how that gets handled is, is up to the G, up to your, your GM. Yep. And, and Not that's, Zimmer. It, it's the, it, this, well, it's up to Zimmer how, they, how well they do with that quarterback contract there. You know, and they, they, yeah, they're going to have to bring what, in a new what quarterback. If, what if your team goes, oh, you know, I think Josh Rosen's the guy. You're going to blame, you're going to blame Zimmer for that? <laughs> you, <laughs> I, you, know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I, I just, right now, Zimmer has a good situation. He's got God, Kirk you Cousins. Rosen after that. Oh, God. I, I, I can just imagine you going, no, you're going to start going, you know what? I think Josh Rosen's got potential. No, I'm, <laughs> if Josh Rosen gets picked up, I vomit on myself. I will. I will on the air. I will throw up and, and just in my own lap. Um, speaking of the Vikings, also they they're having some fun with this Stefan Diggs drama. Um, I don't know if you've uh, kept up on any of that, Tyler, with the uh, the Diggs Twitter drama. Um, he he keeps mo- posting these very cryptic tweets, which immediately 
you know, set off Vikings fans. <gasps> Diggs is going to get traded. Oh, my gosh. He's going to go elsewhere. Oh, no, Stefan Diggs. He's going to try and leave the Vikings. He took down all of his Vikings pictures off of his Instagram. <gasps> oh, my God. That's what we've been seeing for three weeks now. Three weeks, ten, all over social like media. Ten months. It's been insane. He's the season too. I've convinced Stefan Diggs is just the biggest Twitter troll in the universe. I think he just does it because he thinks it's funny. He even changed his picture to a a menacing, glaring Patrick Starfish, just looking over the fucking you know, like glaring over someone, like <laughs> like he knows what he's doing. Stefan Diggs knows exactly what he's doing. He's just screwing with people at this point. He thinks it's funny. And he could be. Yeah. But I mean, you also never know, too. You know, it, I, you can only take what someone says to um, when, they, when, they, when they shut down a rumor Yeah. as, as face value because no. it has happened. Now, but. Rick Spielman has said, you know, we expect Stefan to be a Viking next year. There's no reason to think we're going to trade him. We, I mean, we've seen that type of thing before where they say, oh, no, we're not trading him. And then they trade him the next week. But, I mean, to me. Yeah, like uh, Adam Gase. Yeah, but <laughs> I, to me, I just think it's just silly nonsense. To be honest with you, I, I, you really think that this guy's getting traded? No, I don't. No, it's not happening. But all I'm saying is crazy things have happened. I've seen crazy things. My, I'll tell, I'll put it like this: the Vikings are not going to take a nine million dollar cap hit to trade this freaking guy. No, if they are going to trade him, it'll be after this season. Yeah. It, it ain't happening. And I, don't, and I don't see it next year either, but if it was not happening, it won't be this season. Yeah, he's got three, I think four years left. He signed through 2023, so he's got four more seasons. 2021, 21-22, 22-23, 22-24. Steelers were going to take a pretty nasty cap to get rid of Antonio Brown. Oh, God. Come on. I, Diggs is arrogant, but they're not going to get rid of him. Um, Just let, let, let's let Perfect hit him and see if he's still uh, Yeah, speak, <laughs> speaking of... <laughs> Vontaze, he he did uh, get a suspension lifted after 12 games, um, as did Miles Garrett. Uh, both those guys will be back on the field for next season. Miles um, Garrett's drama seems to be bigger than the Vontaze Burfict drama. Now Burfict, we know he's a shady bastard and he's just going to hit people. We we know that he we know he's a dirty sob and. Mm. He's out to hurt people, and we both feel Miles he Garrett's going to rip your helmet off and beat, beat you up with it. it. Yeah, and and Miles Garrett still seems to insist that that uh, Mason Rudolph said something along the lines of you know the N word or whatever he said, and um, that's why he hit him in the head with a helmet. Apparently, words are reason to commit you know murder, you know, and, or attempted murder. Is it possible that Mason Rudolph said that fifty fifty? Yeah, I mean it it's could be definitely possible, but at this point, I mean, what are you going to do? I mean. Yeah, at this point, it's shut the hell up and play ball. You know, I just go out there and ball. That's that's it. I, I don't understand. I don't understand why. Um, I don't understand why why the the rumors need to continue to persist. Is your suspension lifted? Yes. Done. Did you hit a guy in the head with a helmet? Yes. Did you deserve your suspension? Yes. So I mean, at what point do we do we stop, you know, talking about it? At what point do we do we stop talking about well, Mason Rudolph did this or Mason Rudolph did it? Shut up, Miles Garrett! You're acting like a big freaking baby now. It's enough. Are you gonna let you have your games back? Yeah, it's like we gotta replay the season. I gotta play the games out. <laughs> I'm like, what? 
we were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. I, <laughs> like, what? Stupid. Doesn't make any sense. Um, so uh, we do have a, a few other things. The uh, We had a little drama in Washington. Redskins offensive tackle Trent Williams. He wants a new deal or to be traded. Um, I mean, you can go ahead and trade him in Minnesota if you want. I mean, I'm not going to be mad at that. He's got a couple injuries. Uh, He's missed a couple of games these last few seasons, but Trent Williams still one of the best offensive tackles in the league when he's healthy. Definitely. Um, I would love to have him, um, but they're they're, he either wants trade or release. He doesn't want to be in Washington anymore, and I don't blame him. Uh, Washington's talking about putting the franchise tag on him, but I think he's going to be a holdout if they don't extend him. So things could get a little fucking ugly there. Um, so, So that is out there. Um, other franchise tag goes to uh, Chris Jones, defensive tackle. Chiefs are planning to franchise tag him. Uh, Jones wants a new deal. Um, they're they're going to tag him this time around. Um, I, I think Jones is is a hell of a defensive tackle, but I don't think the Chiefs can afford him. They say that uh, getting him a new deal and Sammy Watkins a new deal is on their agenda, but whether or not that becomes a thing, we'll see. They they got they got a lot to do too. I, I can't see it all. I can't see it all being done. And right now they're kind of in cap hell, and they're going to have to sign uh, Patrick Mahomes going into a contract year. Mm-hmm. So I mean they they've got a lot going on there. Um, quarterbacks that also well another guy getting franchise tagged. The, they're going to be uh, franchise tagging Justin Simmons over there in Denver with the Broncos. Um, I think Broncos. I think it's smart to to tag Justin Simmons. But if you look at uh, Justin Simmons' production in terms of um, his ball playing ability, when when he's actually a, like in coverage, Justin Simmons is not good. No. Justin Simmons is not a good coverage safety. Justin Simmons is a very good hard hitting, run stopping type of safety. He's very good in run support. Um, he's a very good tackler. But his, you know, the, I expect a safety to be a little better in coverage than what Justin Simmons is. He plays out more like a like an overglorified linebacker at this point. Yeah, I mean, really, that's so. I mean, Justin Simmons, he'll get that that deal. I think this is going to be this extensions, this franchise tag for him, especially in the case of a guy like John Elway and how John Elway handles contracts over there. This is a prove it deal. This is a one year franchise tag. Prove it, and and we'll see if you have as good of a season as you did last year. So we'll we'll see how that goes. Um, Pat Shermer gets fired as the head coach of the Giants. Um, that was a, a a while back. It was just just as the season was coming to a close in the Super Bowl week. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shermer getting fired as a head coach was probably for the best. To be honest with you, I like Pat Shermer. That's the thing. I think Shermer's a good offensive coordinator. I think he's great. He's not a good coach. Just not a good head coach. I think some guys are better head coaches. Absolutely. And some guys are better coordinators. And he's a good coordinator. And that's his job. And that's how good he should that's how he should do it. Be the best offensive coordinator in the game. Agree. Same same with legendary Norv Turner. Same thing. Norv Turner, great offensive coordinator. Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan, yeah, great defensive defense. coordinator. Yeah. I mean, some guys are coordinators. Both the Ryan guys. Really. Rex and his brother. I mean, they're they're Neither both. should ever be in charge of a whole team. No. Not at all. Um, Philip Rivers, he's linked to the Colts and free agency rumors. A lot of people saying Philip Rivers is expected to sign with the Colts. I Tyler, like it. I a, like it. On a scale of one to ten, how do you think? Uh, how close do you think they are? Ten being the most close ever. How close do you think this is? I think it's like an eight. 
Yeah? You think that's going to go down? I mean, I, I, Brissett's not the guy. No, Brissett's not the guy. I didn't think Brissett was the guy when the year started last year. And he, he had those four good games, and everybody started losing their minds about him. But, you know, then what? Drop-offs. Yeah. So, Phillip Rivers could go to the Colts. Do you, and here's my thing. I think Phillip Rivers is tough enough to handle being with the Colts. Because there's still a lot of QB pressures going on there in spite of the fact but that not Quentin as Nelson. Bad. Not as bad with Quentin Nelson sitting there. But it's still a thing. So Phillip Rivers, I think he's he's gutsy enough and strong enough to handle that. Don't you? I do too. Yeah, and, and that's I mean, he's he's an older guy, but he's he's ballsy as all hell. Um draft wise, Mike Mayock with the Raiders, he's saying that they need help at wide receiver. Um they need help at wide out. Uh, I mean, I guess they do because their number one was Tyrell Williams and they lost Antonio Brown. But when it comes to the receiver fiasco, the Raiders are not picking at a very high spot. Do you think they go after a guy like a Henry Ruggs? Do you think they got, do they, do you think they go receiver first round here? I do. You think there's, that's a, good, there's a good receiver pool in the draft this year. I think that's where you can hit a good. I don't think they're going to get Jerry Judy. And Jerry Judy seems to be the guy that that you know teams believe, you know will will uh, be the the ultimate playmaker here. But I don't know Henry Ruggs is making, and we're going to talk about him in a minute here. Henry Ruggs is the guy making waves right now. No, but I, I think he still could be good. Yeah, yeah. So Tyler, we got that one. The one last little segment here. Now that we're all done with all of our crazy stuff, um, I want to talk about the combine. And okay. I, uh, there's 10 guys in the combine I want to talk about, and we are going to uh, play a game called Workout Warrior or Real Deal. And I want to go through these top 10 players that I got here. Um, and is it is it 9 or 10? I think I got 9. But anyway, no, it, I'm going to go through these, this list of players here, though, and, and we're going to you know, kind of say whether or not we think these guys are workout warriors or whether we think that they're the real deal. And okay. And I've got a I got a list of them because there's some guys that are you know, some of them are first rounders, some of them had really good combines that moved them up the draft board a little bit, and I want to talk about a few of them. So first things first is a guy you actually messaged me about, and you were you were pretty excited about him, um, Isaiah Simmons. He is uh, selection number one. Do you think Isaiah Simmons is he a real deal or is he a workout warrior? Real deal. Real deal. Become um. I'm going to use DK Metcalf as my comparison. This one, mm -hmm. um, DK Metcalf had the really good combine, mm -hmm. and but he, he was projected to go like late first round or whatever. Right. Simmons, however, was already projected to be pretty good. Right. And then and then his workout just moved up a little bit more. So he didn't make this major jump. But everyone knew he was going to have a pretty good combine, end up being really good. Mm -hmm. So to me, it, it, it's already a, it's a close-up comparison. That was like, okay, you see what he can do in college. You we, we see how he can play. And then, and then he goes out and basically plays up to what his projection was and, and a little bit more. I, I think it's a real deal. Yep. And do you think he goes – where do you think he goes first round-wise? Because you know he's going first round. Uh, eight. Eight? So he's going top ten? Yes. Wow, that's that's nutsy. Um, next up we're going to talk about uh, Trayvon Diggs, the uh, corner. Um, Diggs had himself a pretty decent combine. Uh, measurements were really good. Looked pretty strong. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, it's a brother of Stefan. Workout warrior or a real deal? Workout warrior. Yeah? 
I think um, there's so many good corners in this draft that he's, he's going to kind of just kind of disappear in the mix of things. That's kind of where I'm going with it. I, I think he... I. A lot of people are saying Trayvon Diggs is going to go first round, late first round. And, we're he, talk, and he should. We're talking in the 20s, and a lot of people are saying that, that he's um, uh, a solid selection at corner. And, I, you know, he, he kind of looks that way. He's, he's up there with the Damon Arnett's and stuff like that. There, there's a, this is a deep quarterback, or a corner class, rather. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very deep, in, in especially rounds one through three. I mean, you, you can see guys going. Byron Jones is, you know, those types of players. Uh, they're going to go late. But... There, uh, you're, you, I think he's a workout warrior. I, I really think he is. I, I think he's gonna he's gonna fall off. I think he's gonna fall into the mix. Um, I just I don't like him. Um, next up, uh, a guy I really like, T. Higgins. T. Higgins, um, the wide receiver. I like T. Higgins a lot. I think he's a really big-bodied guy. Um, a lot of people talking about him. A lot of people saying that that. Uh, he might very well be one of the most versatile receivers in this draft. What do you think of T. Higgins? Workout warrior or real deal? I'm going to go real deal in this one. Mm-hmm. I think he's prepped, he's primed and prepped to be a very, to be very successful in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I, I he played very well in college and played played well with Clemson. I I I, I like Higgins. I think he's going to he's going to be good. I think he's going to be good too. I, he's a real big boy. He's got good hands. Um, very physical. Very physical receiver. He's not afraid to make catches in traffic. And because of his size, I think he's just going to clobber people over the middle. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I I don't think he's – he's not the fastest. He, he's not. He does he's have some – he, but he's he's a big boy. He, he almost plays like a, a, a tight end in a way, really, with, with his size. So, uh, T. Higgins, I, I like him a lot. Um, next up, we're going to talk about Jonathan Taylor, the running back out of Wisconsin. Um, we saw Jonathan Taylor dominate. I mean, we're talking dominate last season. Um, I like Jonathan Taylor a lot. Is he a workout warrior or a real deal? I think he looks like a stud. Yeah, watching him play, I, I think he's gonna be a real deal. Um, I, every every year, this few, there's always that one running back that ends up being that just really big stud. And Josh Jacob this past year, I think Jonathan Taylor is gonna be that guy for this season. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. I think he's a big downhill runner. He's got he's a big body guy. Likes to likes to slam people. Likes to really jack people up when he's he's uh, running downhill. Um, he's really strong in the trenches. Breaks tackles. Uh, he's not the fastest dude. We know that he's kind of a bruiser uh, sort of running back. He's not the fastest guy out there. But when it comes to time to to bruise, he can. I like I like Jonathan Taylor. I think especially on those goal line. Those goal line touches mm-hmm. he gets, I mean, he's getting in the end zone. Bro, for sure. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he's a stud. Um, next up, we're going to talk Jordan Love. Everybody's been talking about him. They're saying he's going up the uh, the draft boards pretty fast, uh, the quarterback here. And uh, they're saying he's he's gone from being quarterback, you know, number one or quarterback number two, quarterback number three, quarterback number four. He's... He's been kind of jumping all over those four spots there. Uh, a lot of people say he's as good as Joe Burrow, and some folks are saying, ah, this guy's crap. He's not going to a third, fourth round. Some guy says Jalen Hurts is better. Is Jordan Love a, a, a real deal or workout warrior? Workout warrior. He's That's what I he's think. He's going to fall on his face in the NFL. Yeah, people are, are, have been giving this guy a ton of, of love. He had a really good combine, but I think he's a workout warrior. I don't think he's... He's as accurate as he should be. Um, 
I, I think he's questionable. Agreed. I think he's a questionable type quarterback. I also wanted to talk about, now that we brought him up, Jalen Hurts, uh, the Ohio State product. Real deal, workout warrior. Workout warrior. Another another bust quarterback, I think. I think he has no accuracy. No. I'm sorry, not Ohio State. He's Oklahoma State. Sorry about that. Um, I, I think he's got no accuracy. I really don't. If uh, you, he got if, exposed facing some really good teams at yep. the end of the season. And I, I, I think it made it clear he's not going to be the guy that everybody thinks he or want him to, wants him to be. Yeah. He, he looked really good in the combine. Ran really well. Moved really well. I think he's a running quarterback. He makes throws on the run. I watched the combine, and I watched this guy move, and, and I just didn't buy him. I think he can make throws when he's like doesn't have pass rushers in his face, but I think pressure gets to him too easily. Gets those happy feet. He can't do it. And and maybe he can learn off the top. He just, just doesn't seem to have the same uh, quick strike ability and uh, immobility and as Lamar. I, I mean, he... He's not a Lamar. Could develop, he could develop it, sure. Yeah. But uh, he's got a lot of work ahead of him. He's not a Lamar. He's definitely not a Patty Mahomes or a Kyler Murray either, I don't think. No. Um, next up, we've got uh, Jerry Judy, the uh, wide receiver out of Alabama. Um, Judy had a pretty decent combine. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, a lot of talking to old Jerry Judy. Yeah, yeah, everybody's been talking about him. Everybody's been saying he's a top 10 receiver. Everybody's saying he's a top five player going in this draft. Um, I like Jerry Judy a lot. You know that. Um, Jerry Judy, workout warrior or real deal? Workout warrior. Really? Alabama has had a history of not having good players with a hit to the NFL. Right. They're notorious for it. Mostly a quarterback. They've had a nice string of receivers over the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've had these amazing-looking receivers come out of Alabama and the NFL, and sometimes they fall on their face. I yeah. think this is one of those scenarios. I, I think... I think Saban's got a, a, a beautiful program going there in Alabama and has an amazing offense. And I think Judy is a product of that. I think Judy is, um, and and actually, strangely enough, as much as I like Jerry Judy, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, I Jerry Judy, I looked at some of his numbers, and you know me, I'm a numbers guy as far mm-hmm. as his stats go and that. Like Judy's numbers didn't reflect a, a product of the NFL that was going to be anything tremendous. If you look at some of his games, you know he was putting up. 65, 75 yards, and, you know, maybe a touchdown, maybe none. Maybe, some games he puts up three, some games he puts up zero. I mean, he was very hit or miss. It, it wasn't a consistent type of player like Julio Jones that you know is going to put up over 100 and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't like that. Jerry Judy was very inconsistent in that in that aspect. I agree. I think he's not going to be the real deal when he gets here. Uh, I think he's going to be a mess. And I, I don't think he's going to pan out, you know, just judging by his numbers. And originally, you know, people have been talking a lot about, oh, he's got all the tools, he's going to be great, blah, blah, blah. I, don't, I can't say that I, I think he's going to be a real deal. I just can't. Um, next up uh, in the receiver market, Henry Ruggs. We saw him have a beautiful combine yesterday. He, he had a great 40 time, um, played really well. During in, in that combine, he did really well. I, I like him. Uh, his numbers don't reflect that of a number one receiver. I'm going to say that. I believe in this one. I'm I'm, I'm about to um contradict myself. Mm-hmm. On the same note about Alabama having, a, having an amazing offense under Nick Saban and whatnot. Right. I do believe that um 
Jerry Judy's been given the spotlight, and that's why you haven't seen Ruggs' numbers where they need to be. Mm. I think Henry Ruggs has been playing with a chip on his shoulder because he's been viewed as the as the second as an afterthought to Jerry Judy. Mm. I think Henry Ruggs goes and becomes the best receiver in this class. Wow. He's the number one receiver in the NFL. Wow. Wow. Um, I think Henry Ruggs will work out worried. That, 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 that's the number one receiver. I, I meant like a number one receiver. A number yeah. one receiver, yeah. Um, Henry, I knew we knew what you're going with, but yeah. uh, uh, I I'm gonna go with the workout warrior here. Um, I looked at Henry Ruggs' numbers. We were talking two seasons. He put up about 1,700 yards. Um, he is fast. He's vertical threat. He doesn't make very strong contested catches in traffic. Um, he he's just not good in that fashion. Uh, when it comes to to making those types of catches, it's it's not good. But I mean, with his speed, he almost doesn't need to be amazing in that department right and a lot of time a lot of those catches should be vertical threat open type, air yeah and that's that's kind of what what he's 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 going to be a banger bus type of receiver is mm-hmm. is my point and and i don't we've seen that before where we get a banger bus receiver they're all not going to be deshaun jackson nope you know we we know that and and i think that's kind of what the expectation of henry ruggs is going to be because he is fast and then at the same time he's not going to be able to do it He's such a banger bus receiver that he's going to be an afterthought on somebody's team. And and he'll be a number two, maybe a number three guy. Very well possible. Uh, next up we got uh, Mecky Becton, the offensive lineman. Um, he's been talked about a lot. And, and I'm, I'm surprised with how that how mu- with how much he's been talked about. I'm, I'm amazed by it because Mecky Becton was not talked about a lot going into this draft. And then suddenly he's been making waves. He had a hell of a 40 time. He, he blew scouts away. I like Mackie Beckton. I think he's a good player. Uh, he's, he's a good offensive lineman. Uh, he can play anywhere on your line, offensive tackle, offensive guard. What are your thoughts on Mackie Beckton? He's not Quentin Nelson. No. That's, a, that's unfair. That, that's an unfair assessment. But he is much better than, than the value he's been given throughout the uh, draft talks. You're right. He's going to be a very, very valuable asset to, to a team needing an offensive line in, improvement. Right. And that's I'm, I'm saying he's going to be a uh, a breakout player. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be an all-star offensive lineman. I do. Yeah, I I think Mac, I agree. I think Mackie Becton is going to be be a monster. Um, With that speed of his, as being a big guy, I think it's he's going to be most valuable um, as as a tackle. Yeah, yeah, he needs to have those that. outside runs that you, you can be able to see that big man get speed to come to break away and. Kind of serve as, as the way you see tight ends block sometimes. Right, make that that quick cut to um give give a running back a hole. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be he's, his speed's gonna be very vital and very valuable in that asset. He's he's got good feet. He he moves really well laterally, and and I think that's that is a huge thing as an offensive tackle is is to to move you, really well. You, laterally. You'd be wasting it putting him at center or guard. Right, uh, I think, and and that's the thing. I think at, as an offensive tackle, I, he's better in run. Schemes than he is passing schemes, um, but come I ball, come to Baltimore, baby. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be a really good good run blocker, I think. And last but not least, a guy that we've had slated to go late first, early second recently, Tristan Werfs. Um, he's had himself a hell of a combine, and I, I got to ask, is he is he a workout warrior? Is he a real deal? Um, I like Werfs. I think he's a good player. I think he's a good player. Um, I I. I don't like him as much as I like uh, Becton. Becton, but 
I think he could be valuable somewhere. I, I, yeah. I think I, I, I don't like him in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do like him mid-second. Yeah, I, I think he's a second-round guy. Um, I, I think he's going to go early in the second round. There's a lot of teams that are looking for offensive tackles, looking and for I think, offensive guards. And I think early would be a bit of a reach, but 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 if it's a team that can't trade down and, and must have him, then, then that's fine. You're talking early second? Yeah. Yep. I, I think, I, I'm thinking more mid to back mid. But, I mean, if you can't trade down and still get him, then you, then you got to take him. Yeah. I think he's he's an early second-round guy. I think people are going to gonna leap at the opportunity to take him. Um, especially that late, people. Uh, he was projected as a late first rounder for a while there, mm-hmm. I, I, so which makes me think that he's. Uh, but I, I think people are starting to recognize who he is and and recognize him for who, who for what he is. I, I think he's going to wind up being a a late first, early second round guy. I think that's where I agree. we're headed. So, um, with that, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we got today. Um, it's a a wonderful. Sunday, we a little bit longer of a show because of the fact that we had so much to cover, mm-hmm. so much. But we're back. We are back, um, and we are um, going to be recording uh, every couple of weeks throughout the uh, throughout the week, like the summer and the off season here and the spring. And we're going to be talking a little bit more. We're going to do a recording show before free agency on March eighteenth. Um, is is free agency? Mm-hmm. So before March eighteenth, we'll be doing a show uh, talking about the top mm-hmm. free agents. Well, I don't know. It won't be on the fifteenth, though. That Sunday. No, it won't, we will not be that Sunday. Um, because I got this stuff going on. Yeah, no, but we we will but get a show out there. Turn it into doing what we did last year. Oh, on free agency day. Mm, oh, going live. Going live on free agency day. That could be a thing. But March eighteenth is free agency. We're, we're going to jump into that. We also have stuff going on for the NFL draft. We're going to be we're going to be doing a show before then. We want to make sure that, that we're uh, getting all the, the info, and, and uh, I will be doing, yet again, a big board. I will not be doing the seven rounds like I did last year. But no? No, I mean, it was it was tough. It was very tough taking it, because you had to take it down to the wire. You know, you had to, you had to take it down, right down to the wire, because things changed so rapidly, uh, especially with those top picks. The, the Browns didn't screw you up last year. The Browns didn't screw me up last year. You screwed year. yourself up. Yeah, I kind of did. <laughs> I kind of did. Well, everybody was talking about, oh, well, we're going to go with, you know, Kyler Murray. And then it suddenly became, oh, we're going to go with this guy or we're going to go with that guy. It was, oh, Jesus Christ. But it ended up being Kyler Murray. It ended up being Kyler Murray. But I had changed it out. You know, so they, they screwed me. You learned your lesson. Yeah, I should have just the, uh, the uh, Quarterback uh, always wins. Well, the guy who gets the awards always going to go first. Yeah, that's Even if they, even they weren't mentioned to go there, Mayfield. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Stupid. But uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a couple weeks, and uh, we'll be uh, rocking right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>